0: Welcome. Welcome to Kingdom Character. My name is Brian Magaha. I am here with Texas Tech. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be here with you guys. Thank you guys for coming. I'm excited uh, for what you guys are going to hear. And so, hey, one of the greatest hopes of the Christian life is eternity with God, right? Like, like we all look forward to one day be in the kingdom of God. Like, we've heard so many sermons and messages, or may, maybe just on your own you've, like, thought a lot about, like, hey, what what is it going to be like in that kingdom, right? Like, and you've probably heard it's going to be so great. No pain, no tears, no sickness, no death, no broken relationships, no sin. It's going to be there where we experience perfect work or, or really good work that has Purpose, joyful and satisfying meals, even a, a life-giving relationship with God forever, the way it was supposed to be, right? Like, like there's so much to look forward to then in God's kingdom. Paul, he even encourages, encourages us in Colossians 3, he says, set your mind on the things above. He's commanding us, hey, focus on God's kingdom and think about what it's going to be like then. Peter tells us that we're sojourners in this world. We are currently temporary visitors in this world, and our permanent home will be an eternity in the kingdom with God. Everyone wants to go to heaven, right? Like, we're all looking forward to this coming kingdom. All our lives were taught to look forward to this kingdom. The Bible has much to say about the kingdom of heaven. It's mentioned 66 times in the New Testament, uh, and in the book of Matthew alone, 32 times in just 31 Verses Like, Jesus talked about this kingdom a lot. And just a side note, when you guys are studying the Bible, maybe you're learning to study, about, study the Bible for the first time, you, when you see a, uh, something repeated like this in the Scriptures, stop. Like, God is trying to communicate something. Well, when you see something like this mentioned many, many times, and I, I promise you that the Holy Spirit and the author of this book, the authors of this book, were not doing this on accident. Like, they were very intentionally putting words in this book that um, carry a ton of purpose. And, and they weren't just hoping that things would connect and make sense. No, no, no. They were intentionally putting a lot of deep thought into every word and interaction recorded recorded in this book. So not, not only do we want to experience heaven, but we want our friends, we want our families, people that God has put in our life, we want them to be there too, right? Like, like maybe even you felt this pressure before of like, oh my gosh, like, I need to share a verse, or I need to tell them about this kingdom because it's going to be so great. I want them to be there with me. You know, I even lost, I lost my uncle uh, my sophomore year of college, and the thought that I had was like, man, well, maybe, maybe he is in a better place now. Like, maybe he's in this amazing kingdom. And oftentimes, I'd even find myself thinking, like when I would have hard times, thinking, what will it be like then? in the kingdom. I want to show you guys a verse that was extremely impactful for me on this topic of the kingdom. It's Mark 1.15. It says this, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Does anyone notice notice a problem with this verse? It's right here. The kingdom of God is at hand. Wait a minute. I thought the kingdom that that we always talked about that we'd always learned about was heaven, like it was then, the kingdom that we're going to experience when we die. But these are the first words out of Jesus's mouth that Mark records in his gospel. He says the king is here. The kingdom is at hand. Like it's not only in the future, but you can experience this kingdom right now, it, when he says it's at hand, he's saying it's as close as your hand. It is right here. So many people preach about this kingdom in the future, the, the one that's coming. But, but what I want to talk to you guys about, and what I often don't hear being talked about, is this kingdom that's here now, and, and what it's like to experience this kingdom now. You guys came to this breakout to to grow in your godly character, and I think that's amazing. Like I'm, I'm proud of you for coming to this breakout. What I want to go, tell you guys today is that what I think that Jesus says right here is the secret to pro- producing godly character in your life. You have to understand what Jesus is saying right here about this kingdom and what it means to bring this kingdom to earth. And so let's, let's see what this kingdom is all about. This amazing kingdom, it has come. It's not only in the future, but it's right now. Well, What's this kingdom like? Well, first, the kingdom is one of forgiveness, repentance, and love. Guys, this kingdom, it's unlike the world. It is not like the world, which is about power and dominance. Look what Jesus says. John chapter 18, verse 36, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not of this world. It's not from the world. You know, the the Jews at this time, they would have been expecting a, a messiah to overtake the Romans who were oppressing them, right? Like, and so they, when they hear about kingdom, they're like, Yeah, like we want that, like we want that kind of kingdom that's gonna take over these Romans. But no, Jesus says, My kingdom is not like this world. He would say, he's, He just says, like, pretty honestly, He's like, I wouldn't be handling it like this. Like, it would look a lot different if it was of this world, but it's not. It's not one of political power or material wealth or physical force like the world's kingdom. This kingdom is about forgiveness and repentance. And love and really, this is a the theme of the kingdom that, that Jesus is going to show us that the kingdom is not like this world, like the world that you and I experience a lot of the time um, is different than the kingdom that Jesus is bringing. Next, the kingdom is like this the first, the last will be first, the sick are healed, the lesser becomes greater, and the blind will see. This kingdom will literally flip the way that, that we think about life. Jesus, when he's talking to his disciples, teaching them about what the kingdom of heaven is like, he says, so the last will be first, and the first, last. This isn't like the world's kingdom. Again, the world's kingdom, you manipulate. You, you fight to get to the top, to be first. The more people that are serving you means you have more power and more status. The world's kingdom is like Ricky Bobby. If you ain't first, you're last, right? Like That's, that's what the kingdom in this world is like, but Jesus says, not this kingdom. No, 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 the greatest in this kingdom are the ones who realize that they've been forgiven the most. And you know what they do? They serve. They put other people first. They delight in putting others' needs in front of their own. Life in this kingdom, you know what it brings? Joy and life. It doesn't bring sadness and destruction like the kingdom of this world. And Jesus is saying, you can experience that kingdom right now. This kingdom is a kingdom that's focused on others. People of this kingdom, they they lay their life down, and not only that, but they want others to be a part of this kingdom too. Like, like that's how the kingdom works. Jesus in Luke chapter 10, he, he sends out his disciples, and this is an amazing picture, because this is what life in the kingdom is like, right? Like, it's not just for us. This kingdom is moving. It's going forward. We want more people to be a part of it. This kingdom is so great. We want others to be a part of it. So how do we do it? Jesus tells his disciples, this is what you're going to do. When you're going to go tell other people about the kingdom, this is how you do it. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Notice how Jesus says that. Like, he says, first, tend to their physical needs. Like, they don't just run with, hey, hey, Jesus, learn about Jesus. Like, you need to know this, the Bible, and you need to know these... They tend to their physical needs, like these people are hurting or they're sick, and, and these people care for them, and then what? They share with them, hey, this is why I'm helping you, because I'm a part of this amazing kingdom. What if we had more people sharing their faith like that, like, like serving the people around you, uh, living out what you believe, and then having an opportunity to share why we live the way that we do. It, it almost seems for so many followers of Jesus in the Scriptures The kingdom is so incredible, like, they can't help but tell people about it. Because when you truly understand this kingdom, and and you get to know this king, it just comes out of you, right? Like, it's just a part of who you are. You know, it reminds me of of one of my favorite things to do. Um, I love to go hunting. And so let me paint the picture for you. A a few months ago, um, I'm going on a hunting trip, and it's about that time. Got to get some new camo. And so... um, I ordered some new camo, but it comes in early, and I was expecting it to take a little bit longer, and I'm out of town, and so some friends grab the camo for me, and they pick it up, and they bring it to work. And so I am excited. I'm like, man, this is so great. Most people would put it in their car and take it home, uh, but not me. Like, when I'm like, I am know I'm going on this hunting trip, I'm like, i got to put the camo on as soon as I see it. And so here I am um, at work, and so um, put throw on the camo immediately as I see it, um, so here I am, a 26-year-old grown man uh, at work, wearing my camo. Uh, but that's only the beginning. That, that's just the start of it. Next, we, we go the hunt. Like, we have the views, right? Like, it's so amazing. I, I'm showing people, like, during the hunt. Like, my dad's, like, hunting with me. I'm, like, sending him a picture. I'm like, look at this. He's like, I know. I'm here. Like, I can see it, too. Like, I'm sending it to, like, my mom, my wife. Like, I'm sending it to everyone. Like, like a Swifty After an Airs Tour concert. Like, I'm like, every, and everyone's like, I, we know. Like, we've seen it. Like, trust me. But but that's only the beginning, and and then the views, the hunt, right? Like, my heart starts beating a little bit, the hunt, it's coming, and then, boom, here we go, pre-shot, I didn't actually get to shoot this year because it was too small, but there is nothing like it, like just seeing your dinner just walk so slowly back and forth, just eating corn, like, oh, it's so good. It is so good. I was really proud of that picture, too. I thought it' it's awesome. Um, but leading up to, during, and after a hunting trip, hunting is just literally, it's coming out of me. Like, I find a way to bring it up in every conversation. I want to show people these pictures. I want to tell people about my experience. I want so badly for other people to experience the excitement, too. My, my excitement about hunting trips and, and to share it with people is a great picture of how I think that God wants us to tell people about this kingdom that we're a part of. It's not an obligation, but really it's just something that comes out of us. Like, it's such a great joy to be a part of this kingdom. And, you know, one of the best parts about this amazing kingdom that I learned about was who is going to be a part of this kingdom. And it's likely people that you would have never dreamt of being there. How often do, do you and I, or have you heard of people um, kind of depicting God as this bouncer, right? Like and he's standing at the door at this kingdom, and he's like, no, 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 mm, no, yes, yes, yeah. Like, like he, he's just this bouncer, right? Like, no wonder that we don't want to tell people about this kingdom, but we have to change that, right? Like, God so loved the world, and, and Jesus tells us how amazing this kingdom is. Like, like maybe you have a family member over the holidays that you're like, man, they're just hard to love and, and don't have a lot, you don't have a lot in common with them, um, and usually you just avoid them at the holidays. Like, it's kind of just like, I'll just stay on the other side of the house and just kind of, oh yeah, hey, how's it going? And, but that's really all, all you engage them. Like, what does that communicate uh, about our thoughts on this kingdom? Like, oh, God isn't for people like you. No, wrong. Jesus actually shows us time and time again that those you think may not get in are actually going to be a part of of this kingdom. How about these people? The bleeding woman who's been sick for years and years and years, outcasts of society because of this. Like, like that was a big uh, reason that she was not a, a part of the society. Jesus, on the way to heal someone else's daughter, has time for her, has an interaction, and guess who has a spot in the kingdom? She does. The criminal on the cross—he's never been a part of a Bible study. He's never been to SMC. He's never—he's uh, never even read the Bible before. Never been to church. Listen to this—he doesn't even have a cross necklace. He gets in. He has a spot in heaven. Zacchaeus, the tax collector, these guys were the worst. They were getting rich off of everyone else, and everyone knew it. These guys, no one wanted anything to do with these guys. Jesus says, he has a spot. People like him have room in my kingdom. Children, so many times, this is a crazy realization I saw all throughout the Gospels that children are brought to Jesus to, to for Jesus to like lay his hands on them and pray for them, and the disciples are always like, no, 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 get out like get out of here. They're not like it's gonna be inconvenient for Jesus, it's gonna bother him, it's gonna interrupt him. Jesus says, No, no, no. The kingdom actually belongs to these children. These children who who are emotional, who don't know anything about theology, that they, they don't know anything, but but they're just infatuated with with the smallest things. He says, Those are who the kingdom is for. There's even followers of Jesus who make mistakes in this kingdom. Peter, like Jesus' own close One of his best friends denies him three times before he goes to the cross. There's a spot for Peter in the kingdom. Thomas, when Jesus comes back, he doesn't even believe that he's real, that his death and resurrection um, was real. Thomas has a spot. I mean, we could go on and on, but the point is this. This kingdom is likely filled with people that you wouldn't expect. And that's very good news for us. This kingdom, it's so Amazing. We could go on and on and talk about this incredible kingdom that Jesus brings to earth, and maybe you've had an experience being a part of it. There's so much in the scriptures that talk about this kingdom. But why start here? Well, like you may be confused. You may be thinking to yourself, like, "What? I thought this was about God, the character, and you, like, where, where, where are we going with this? Um, the reason that I started here with, with the kingdom is, is because that I think when you're part of this kingdom and you understand more of what this kingdom is about, you begin to grasp true godly character. True godly character. No longer is it just a list of of qualities that you're going to put on your New Year's resolution and uh, maybe in a few weeks, in a month or two, forget about, and it's like, oh, yeah, next year I'll be better, I'll be more kind. No, it actually becomes what God wants from your life at every moment. You begin to see value in every single interaction you have with a Christian or a non-Christian, whether you're doing a spiritual activity or not. It's what God wants from you. It's the way that God wants you to live. And I promise you that this perspective will lead you to a life of true godly character. I want to share with you guys a definition for godly character um, that I came up with in light of this kingdom. I, I think Jesus could describe true godly character like this in its simplest form. Any way you live that gives people a taste of the kingdom any way you live that gives people a taste of the kingdom well what do i mean what do i mean by that any way you live that reveals this amazing kingdom that we just learned about how you choose to interact with people around you how you choose to talk think speak live that embodies this kingdom that jesus has brought that is godly character you know, there, there's a lot of ways that, that we give a taste uh, of things, uh, of like who we are. Like even one, we, we love to give people a taste of where we're from, right? And so it's like, oh, if, if I'm from Arizona, you know, I, I want to take, take you to the Sonoran Dog, okay? We, we got any Arizonians? Oh, yeah. yeah, okay, a few of them. Uh, or I'm going to take you to Say's Kitchen, get you some Me- Mexicano from the Arizona, from AZ. If I'm from Texas, we're going to go to some world-famous barbecue, right? Maybe some brisket, some ribs. Wash it down with some sweet iced tea, right? Yeah. If I want you to have a taste of Oklahoma, I take you to my personal favorite. It's called, um, just keep driving as fast as you can to the next day because that place sucks, right? No, no, I'm kidding. I'm sure they have a subway. They have a subway or something. But as you consider what it means to have godly character, my hope is that this phrase would come to your mind. How can I give people a taste of the kingdom? how can I give people a taste of the kingdom? I, I think that it, it was worth spending the time learning about the kingdom because it has come, helped us come to a true definition of godly character. You know, one of the bigger misconceptions I think we have about growing in our godly character is this thought of just, I just need to be a better person, right? Like, I just need to be more patient. I just need to be more kind or more generous or, or more loving. I need to serve more. But, y- you know, the problem with this kind of thinking is that it really leads to a selfish conclusion. Like, if you are more of those things because of yourself, then that leads to a better you, right? But, but the problem with that is this kingdom is not selfish. There is no room for selfishness in the kingdom of God. And not only that, but I think it, it doesn't lead to lasting change. Like, Jesus isn't into us just modifying our behavior and just changing uh, things on the surface without changing our heart as well. You know, a time that God used greatly in my life to give me a taste of what this kingdom is like was my first summer at Kaleo. Like, and it's not that Kaleo was some magical thing. Like, I know that you guys just heard uh, all about it at the Kaleo lunch, if you went to that. But um, Kaleo wasn't special on its own, but God used Kaleo in my life because he allowed the time and the training necessary to really introduce me to what it looks like to live in this kingdom. Right, like I started to experience life-giving relationships for, the, for one of the first times in my life. I experienced my purpose, and I started living that out, actually, um, and seeing what that was like. The the joy that I began to experience, the purpose that I found, it was unlike anything I had ever experienced. And so, if you guys have a chance to experience that uh, one summer of your college career, I, I would make the most of it. That that could be a great next step for you uh, to building this kingdom character. Well, hey, there, there's a lot of ways that Jesus brings this kingdom of God to earth that we could learn from. I would encourage you guys to, to spend some time reading through the Gospels and, and really looking at, like, what does Jesus say about this kingdom, and what can we take away? Uh, because I think that would be super, super valuable. But because our time is limited, I really wanted to hit on two character qualities that I think are foundational to building kingdom character. The first one is this. Humility. Jesus tells this parable in Luke 18 that I think really captures uh, what humility, what kingdom humility is like. And he starts it like this. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. And and so this is just like the intro to the parable. Like Jesus is just giving us insight into who he's telling this parable to, like who, who it's for. And, you know, when I read that first sentence, like it's easy to gloss over right? like, Oh, those who think that they're righteous and, and treat others with contempt. Like, I don't do that. That's not me. Like, that, that's probably not mainly for me, but I, I guess I'll read it. But, but I think that we're actually more susceptible to this than we may realize. You know, I, I've even seen in my own life, once I start growing in, in my knowledge of the Bible, maybe I come to an SMC and, and then a the Kaleo, and, and I get more experience um, understanding God's word, I, I start kind of cleaning my life up, living a little bit more morally correct. All of a sudden, it can be very easy to start to look at others with contempt. Like, looking down on them a little bit like, oh, they, don't, they actually don't really understand the Bible quite like I do. Like, they haven't heard the sermons or the messages that I have. Or, oh, oh they struggle with, like, the bigger sins like that, that we shouldn't struggle with, right? Like, like, thats that's what they do. And all of a sudden, it's so hard for us to even have a conversation with people who believe or live differently than we do just because they think, different and I feel like I'm so right and it's like if you aren't on board with me then uh, we don't really have much to talk about and it's hard to connect with people this just sounds so far from what the kingdom is like maybe maybe you can relate so so what does Jesus have to teach about humility to these people he says this two men went up into the temple to pray one a pharisee and the other a tax collector the pharisee standing by himself prayed this God I thank you that I'm not like other men You see, both the Pharisee and the tax collector had a choice of humility in this moment. And Jesus tells us who showed godly humility. You know, how how as college students do you give people a taste of kingdom humility? I thought of a few examples. When you're home with family or your roommates and there's choice after choice you can make to humble yourselves. When you do the dishes versus sitting on the couch to watch football. Or or when you do what your parents want to do instead of doing what you want to do every time, or when you clean up after yourself and you do your own laundry. Those are humble choices. Maybe you're back at school and, and you drive your roommate to class for the 15th time. It's always right in the middle of your nap. Like, that's so hard, I know. Or you clean the house, even though it wasn't your mess that was made. Choosing humility is how we will give people a taste of this kingdom. The king of this kingdom came not to be served, but to serve. He was humble. Jesus was humble. But, you know, it's, it's important, even as I was thinking about this, I had this thought, hey, we are giving people a taste of this kingdom. Like, we're, we're not doing it for pats on the back, because, again, that's not what this kingdom is about. It's not about me. It's focused on others. Jesus, he didn't get pats on his back for humility. He was crucified, right? Like, And, and so we can't expect... Um, get recognized for this kind of humility. But when people cross paths with Jesus, they walked away with life and with joy because he considered others more important than himself. He gave them a taste of, ki- of the kingdom right here on this earth. We can do the same with our humility. The, the next character quality is love. Humility and love, I think, are the two that really capture kingdom character. And when I thought of love, love is a kingdom character quality. You know, it kind of feels like a cop-out, right? Like it's like, well, of course, like, yeah, like love, like definitely. But I really believe that you cannot have kingdom character without it. I mean, the two greatest commandments are to love, right? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Like, Jesus is tested here uh, by this guy who, who knows the law really well, and he's saying, well, what's the best one? Trying to stump him. Uh, but Jesus actually gives a really profound answer. Um, he says they can all be summed up. Every command that God's given can be summed up in loving God and loving people. Right? Like, if you are loving God and loving people, you will build kingdom character. Sure, we can stand up here and debate about different character qualities. Well, like self-control and, and peace and, and patience and all, all these other character Qualities, but without love, you can't have kingdom character. Paul tells the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 13, he's telling them about the the importance of love in this kingdom, right? Like, like they were concerned with having the best gifts, like they wanted to be the best teachers or, or, or be the most uh, servant-hearted or, or uh, have the most knowledge or see miracles happen. He says, yeah, yeah, those things are great, but if you have any of them without love, they're meaningless. They're meaningless. You and I, we can grow in our leadership. We can get many opportunities maybe to practice um, teaching or speaking in front of others. Maybe we can serve the the Stumo on our campus or have the opportunity to lead others spiritually. But without love, we are missing an opportunity to give people a taste of this kingdom. Jesus says this kind of love that, that we have in the kingdom, it will show people that we're a part of this kingdom. Like it's a distinguishing factor. He says in John 13, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples. If what? If you know the most Bible verses? or if you, No, no, no. If you love people. If you love one another. Paul in 2 Corinthians 2, he says that we are the aroma of Christ, the flavor of Christ to the world. Like I, I love that idea of like we're giving people a taste of the kingdom. Like the other day in the hotel I walked into an elevator that someone someone had smelled really good before me and I walked in, it was just like, Mmm, that is nice. Like I I want that. Like I wanna smell like that. I want to keep smelling that. Like I think that's how our love is when we love people and we show them that we're part of this kingdom. People feel that way. They're like, Wow, that's good. I, I want more of that. It's it's attractive. The way that you and I love has the ability to bring the kingdom to those around us. Like Jesus tells us, this kingdom is different. It's different than the world. The world loves people who are easy to love, right? But this kingdom is about loving those who, who can't love you in return or the ones that don't love you. Who are those people in your life? Maybe it's family, family that disagrees with, with what you believe. Jesus loved people like that all the time. Like, we can see that all throughout his life. He loved people that didn't agree with his beliefs. Maybe your, your friends that poke fun at, at the way you live, keep loving them. Like, like, that's what this kingdom is like. Maybe it's taking an interest in someone's life that you normally wouldn't. Like, normally you just pass by them, or they're in your class, or at the cafeteria. You wouldn't engage with them normally. But, but Jesus, he does this so often with the woman at the well. And look what happened to her life. Her life was completely transformed because Jesus went out of his way and loved people and interacted with someone that he wouldn't normally. (coughs) The way that you and I portray love as part of this kingdom is so significant. Your actions and your decisions no longer only affect yourself, but they now reflect this amazing kingdom. Well, hey, my hope for you guys is not just to walk out of here with a kingdom, with a few qualities that um, you feel like you need to be better at. Like, like I don't want you to walk out of here feeling, like, guilty or like, I'm, man, I'm so far behind. I think that Jesus, what we've learned today is Jesus teaches us that character is so much more than just qualities that we need to learn, be better at. Jesus, he, he brought this good news, and, and there have been a lot of great messages about this good news, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, that that gives us life, right, and and forgiveness. I I think that is amazing news. But I also think that his good news wasn't just that you can be saved, but he actually gives us an entirely new way of living and operating that brings life and, and joy to not only ourselves, but to those around us. So how can we do this? How can we practically bring a taste of the kingdom to those around us? First, we have to know the kingdom. That's your first blank in your paper, know the kingdom, to grow in your kingdom character, you gotta learn more about this king and how this kingdom operates. You know, we we've so barely even scratched the surface of fully understanding this kingdom and what it's all about. Right? Like we've we've looked at just a few verses. There's so much more about it. You know, maybe you're here at SMC for the first time and, and this is your first time, you're learning a ton, um, and you're learning a lot of amazing tools, right? Like you're learning how. To read the Bible for the first time, maybe how to pray, how to memorize scripture, like all these incredible things. And really what each of these tools is, like they were never ever meant to be a burden on you. These tools are for you. They're, they're a gift from God to know him, right? Like to, to start to know him. And so I would encourage you, invest time into learning these tools so that you can know this king. Not only that, but what's going to help you with that is spending time around people who, who you have in your life who love being a part of this kingdom. Like, again, like, it's just coming out of them. Like, they're just excited uh, to help you grow and and to learn more about this kingdom. Maybe you've been to a few SMCs or you've been walking with God for a little bit longer. I, I would encourage you to never get to a place like you know everything. Like, and another way to say that would just be, hey, ask questions. Like, keep asking questions. Keep learning. You will spend the rest of your life discovering truths about this God and what it's like to be a part of his kingdom. I've seen it in my own life. I feel like, you know, one morning I'm like sitting down reading the Bible and I'm learning about humility. Like I read some verses about humil- humility. I'm like, oh, it's, that's so good. I think I'm I think I'm starting to understand humility. And, and then I read stories about God teaching his, the Israelites, his people, about humility. And then I read that they waited or, or he taught them for 40 years, all the way to 400 years. And then I think to myself, I probably have more to learn, right? Like, it's not just going to come to us that quick. But to grow in your godly character, you've got to know the kingdom. Okay, not only that, but we have to show the kingdom. Show the kingdom. Another way to say it would be, you were called to live this kingdom. Jesus puts it like this. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You know, there's a a bumper sticker that says this quote that I've seen before. It says, show others the gospel with your life, and if necessary, use words. And maybe you've seen that before. Maybe this is the first time you've seen it or heard it. Um, But maybe you think, like, well, that's silly, right? Like, we have to use our words, right? Like, in Jesus, he even used his words. Now, I don't disagree. I I agree. We need to use our words when we interact with people, we tell people about this kingdom but I think that we're very quick to speak about what we believe with other people, but can often forget the significance of living in a way that demonstrates what we believe first, or even at all. Like we, we have to use Jesus. He spoke to nearly everyone he interacted with, right? So like that's part of it. But what if Jesus wants us to also communicate the gospel like he did so often through your daily interactions with the people that God has placed in your life by bringing people a taste of the kingdom like, like here's a few examples I thought of maybe you smile at the person that's scanning your groceries right like and you notice them like like we all have seen them and, and just they do their job and we just walk on by but this time you notice how hard they're working you tell them hey I really appreciate that like this makes going to the store so convenient that you do that for me and you know why because this kingdom that I'm a part of it's full of gratitude it's full of thankfulness I'm entitled to nothing, yet I've been given everything. That's how you can give others a taste of the kingdom. Maybe you pay for a friend's lunch when you go to lunch because you know that they're working really hard to make ends meet. Like, they're paying for groceries, gas, rent, utilities. Like, it's, it's all on them. And you pay for their lunch, and you don't ask for anything in return. Right? Like, that's the gospel. It, that's the kingdom that we're a part of. It's a generous kingdom. Right? Like, Jesus paid the price that you couldn't pay for your sins, and you did nothing to earn like this kingdom is so amazing maybe your sorority sister needs a ride home after a really rough night at the party and who's there to pick her up you are you're like hey text me if you need anything she texts you you go pick her up and you're there and you're not there to judge her but you're there to love her and to care for her and to help her get home safely and you give her everything that she needs regardless if she can do nothing for you in return in that moment that's the gospel. Romans 5.8, Jesus died for us while we were sinners. Like, he didn't wait till we cleaned our life up. He he died for us. He meets us right in our mess. This is what the kingdom is like. This is how our king treats people. That is building kingdom character. Maybe you find out that someone said something about you. That there's a rumor going around, and it really could compromise your reputation, right? And you hear about it, and maybe it's not even true. Like, like that hurts even worse, and you find out who said it. The world's kingdom says that's easy. You cancel them. You you just cut them out completely, or or you say something back that can ruin them just as bad as what they said about you, but not in this kingdom. No, this kingdom is all about forgiveness. Think of our king on on trial to go to the cross instead of fighting back like he could have physically, or or instead of arguing and and proving them wrong, like he could have, instead he prayed, Father, forgive them. And then he laid down his life for them. When you give people a taste of the kingdom, God will produce in you kingdom character. So we have to show the kingdom. And and listen, the kingdom was never about judging people who shouldn't get in, right? Like, Like we talked about little bit already instead we get to bring people into this kingdom we we often get so caught up in in judging the outside world like just kind of dissecting their life like how everything that they do is is not like this kingdom. like why do they like that or like why do they do that Or why do they dress like that or why, why do they listen to this Or why do they watch that no this kingdom isn't full of people who judge other people and so we have to stop that we have to change our perspective the question that needs to be running through our head with all people, is how can I bring a taste of the kingdom into their lives? You don't have to be a Bible scholar. Oftentimes, if you just think about the, the right or wrong thing to do, like we can, most of us can um, discern what that is, and we know that because it really just evol- revolves all around the characteristics of who God is and, and the way that he made us. I'll end with this. John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. Early in the morning, he being Jesus, came again to the temple. All the people came to him and sat down, and he taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women, so what do you say? Jesus is put to the test, right? In a really graphic scene. Like, likely this woman, she was probably naked because she was literally caught in the act of prostitution. The law says, and these Pharisees are essentially saying to Jesus, we know, like, you know what should happen. What's this kingdom like? Well, like, what makes this kingdom so amazing? What is true kingdom character in this moment? Well, let's see. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. Well, what's he writing? What Doesn't matter. Not the point of the story, right? And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away, one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Grace, mercy, compassion, no judgment, no condemnation, no further explanation needed just a taste of the kingdom. God, thank you that we get to be a part of this kingdom with you. It is such a joy to be uh, a part of this kingdom, Jesus, that you have brought to earth. And thank you that we get to experience it now. We we don't have to wait until eternity. We can have a kingdom, a, a taste of the kingdom that you brought. And God, I pray for each of these people in this room. God, would you produce in them kingdom character, one that that gives off such a great taste to the people around us that they're curious and they want to learn more about you. Jesus, thank you for bringing us into this kingdom and bringing this kingdom to earth. It's in your name we pray. Amen.